Welcome back to Cairo Nights. This might be one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac tunes. Like Christine McVie, ladies and gentlemen. Move off of movie stars. I should apologize. Get Denzel Washington on the phone. I should apologize to him directly. I'll send him a text with buds. Oh. Remember the Titans? And I'm not asking a question. The movie title. The Book of Eli. American Gangster. Roman G. Israel Esquire. Offenses. He was phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He was a Macbeth. Brilliant. Denzel Washington is one of the greatest actors of his era. Absolutely. And he doesn't always play Denzel. Watch The Hurricane. And then watch The Preacher's Wife. Tell me he's the same guy in those two movies. Oh, Malcolm X? Anywho. Uh, it's always fun to talk movies. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's passionate about their favorites. Oh, and I forgot my, my favorite Denzel movie ever. You ever see a movie called Inside Man? No, that one I haven't oh. seen. It might be the greatest heist movie ever. Um, it is, uh, I think, Gerard Butler. Uh, oh, what's her name? Oh, God. I'm drawing a blank. Jodie Foster. Thank you. Um, and Denzel. Denzel plays the detective in a bank robbery. Great. Inside Man is a great, great movie. Hmm. Uh, there's a story that Lisa just had in the news. We've had throughout the course of the day, and I heard it, and it just kind of floored me. It's that a gun is stolen every 48 hours from a parked car in Tacoma. And that's, you know, that's a scary thing to think of. In Lisa's story, the the police officer that I forget the name, I apologize, um, Wendy Haddow. Said, look, you know, we ask where youth get guns. How do the how do the do juveniles get guns in our city? And this is often how it happens. And it's not like, and this is just between January first and January twenty second of this year. Ten guns were stolen. That's one gun every every forty eight hours. And it's not like there's been like the last month has been this wave of car prowling gun theft. In twenty twenty two, two hundred and two guns were stolen from parked cars in Tacoma. Last year, 202 guns were stolen from parked cars. The year before that, it was even more. It was like 227 guns were stolen from parked cars in Tacoma in 2021. And I can't imagine that Tacoma is much different than any other major city. When you talk about car prowling, you talk about, the, you know, uh, uh, and these were just stolen from, from smash and grab, smashing out a window and, and breaking into a parked car. This doesn't count guns that may have been lost when entire cars were stolen that may have had a gun inside. This isn't guns that were stolen from home burglaries or stolen from gun shops. These are just guns grabbed from parked cars. And this is why I have an issue. I hate victim shaming, but if you're the victim of a car prowl and your gun is stolen, I am sorry. It's hard for me to consider you a responsible gun owner. If you leave it, I know it's legal. To leave a gun unloaded and out of sight in a locked car. That's not illegal. It's legal to smoke. Doesn't make it a good idea. <laughs> Seriously. You know, it's not illegal, but I think it's incredibly irresponsible. I mean, 
It's not your fault your car was broken into. I'll give you that. Would you leave a thousand bucks on the dashboard? Would you leave a Rolex watch sitting in the uh, in the jockey box between the seats? You know, I mean, that would just be silly and stupid. And a gun is a lot more dangerous th- thing to have stolen than your Rolex or your briefcase or your laptop. You wouldn't leave your laptop sitting in a backpack in the back seat of your car for fear that your window would get stolen, a smash, and the and thing would get stolen. I know that they sell uh, like car safes, right? A steel lockbox, a safe basically that can be cabled, bolted basically to the the frame of your car, so it can't it can't be removed if somebody does happen to break into your car. You know, I'm I'm a gun owner. I'm a, I'm a an advocate of the Second Amendment, but I think that. Responsible gun ownership is is paramount. Or, and here's a wild, out-of-left-field utopian idea, Spike. Perhaps we could maybe think more about creating a society where people didn't feel they needed to take their guns to a trip to Walmart. Just maybe. Maybe, but but I, I hear I hear you, and you're not wrong, man. You know, I couldn't take the gun in that building, so that's why it was in my car. One one. A uh, person that was uh, quoted in the story was saying, you know, my car was broken into. Uh, I always travel with a gun. A- and, you know, it must be an important person. Well, some, you know, some folks are worried about the society that we live in. I get it. You know, crime is a problem. I'm not going to argue that it's not. You know, and we're not talking about the kind of guys who strap on and a, a whatever kind of weapon. I don't know what AR this or. Statistically, you're more likely to have that gun used on you. Yeah, but everyone will tell you that that's not me. That's the other people. That's 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 human nature, right? That's human nature. To Everybody wants to be a hero. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't want to insult gun owners. I don't want to insult folks who feel the need. Well, to I'm ar- not insulting no, 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 gun I- owners. I'm calling out this idea, like you referenced, this idea that every time we try to bring up anything to do with guns, people howl about responsible gun ownership. Well, okay, if you're responsible with your gun, it's not going to get stolen out of your car. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, and, and we're, and so statistically, we have a lot of irresponsible legal gun owners. The statistic from Tacoma bears that out. It's it's impossible not to draw that conclusion. When in 2022, 202 guns were stolen from parked cars. In 2021, it was 227 guns were stolen from parked cars. Just in the city of Tacoma. It's hard not to say those are irresponsible gun owners. And again, I, I'm not trying to victim shame. But if you feel the need to carry a weapon with you when you leave the house, I got no problem with that. I don't agree with it, but I have no, it's your right to do so. I'm not going to pass judgment on you. But if you're going somewhere, you know, you can't take a gun with you, leave it at home in a safe as the, as the officer in the story said, you know, and if you can't leave it at home, if you feel traveling the streets warrants your need to protect yourself and your family, I'm not going to argue with you that you have the right to do that. But if you know going somewhere, you you know you can't take a gun in like a court building, like a public building that doesn't allow firearms, it behooves you as a responsible gun owner to have a way to make sure that gun is safe in your car, not just out of sight in a locked car. I mean, a mild man taught me a long time ago, you want your car not to get broken into? First off, don't leave anything valuable in your car. Leave the doors unlocked. You know, leave the doors unlocked and have nothing worth stealing in there. 
you know, that's 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 how you keep your windows from getting broken into and valuable things from being stolen out of your car. And I know that that seems like, you know, we're we're taking on the extra responsibility and we're not holding the criminals accountable. Of course, I want to hold the criminals accountable. I'm not saying the guy, you know, the guy stole a gun out of a car. He's not the problem. Of course, he's the problem. He's a car prowler. But now he's an armed car, car prowler. Now maybe he's an armed robber. Now instead of smashing windows in cars looking for stuff he can seal, he can walk into a store or break into a home because he's an armed criminal now. You know what, Spike? I think after all of this, I'm starting to change my mind. I'm starting to come around. Instead, what we should do is give everybody a gun and just let us figure it out. <laughs> you watch you watch a lot of Westerns, Matt? <laughs> oh. <sighs> Uh, a question from a texter. How many of those guns and cars were homeless people and their car is their home? I don't I don't know. That's a, that's a fair question. I don't know that uh, I don't know that a car a car prowled homeless car would be reported to the police. Maybe it would. I would venture to guess a very small percentage of those were were homeless folks who who kept a gun in their home but their home was their car. That's why it was car prowled. Right, like that wouldn't be broken out in a statistic. Yeah, it's, it's, it's impossible to know. A texter says, as an ex-cop, they recognize me before I recognize them. I carry a gun. Well, that's, again, I got no problem with responsible gun owners, with, with people who feel the need to have a concealed carry. You know, with a, with, a, with a gun permit, you can have an unloaded gun in your car out of sight. If you've got a concealed carry permit, you can leave a loaded gun in your car out of sight in a locked car and still not be breaking the law. But I can't see how anybody considers that responsible. Uh, a, a texter says, you guys are coming across as so preachy. Damn right. I'm preaching to folks who put leave guns in locked cars that get stolen through car prowls. Is that, is that not a time worth being preachy? Is asking gun owners to be responsible preachy? No, and apparently we've also been hearing on the news lately that a bunch of people also want to bring loaded guns onto planes or forget that their gun is loaded and try to bring it on a plane at SeaTac Airport. So there's a pretty big problem here that needs to be dealt with by less than responsible gun owners. If you so the, it, Max Matt's right. Record number of guns found in carry-on bags at SeaTac Airport in January. This is just in January. The statistics from Tacoma's car prowls were 10 cars were broken into and guns were stolen from cars in Tacoma in between in 12 days and 21 days in January. 10 cars were broken into, 10 guns were stolen. Last year, 202 guns were stolen out of parked cars in the city of Tacoma alone. And at SeaTac in January, a record number of people tried to carry guns onto planes in their carry-on luggage. So... If you are a registered gun owner, okay, if you're a legal gun owner, if you're exercising your Second Amendment rights, there are things that you can do in the society that will forfeit your Second Amendment rights. People that aren't allowed to carry guns anymore, people who commit felonies, right? They they aren't allowed to, uh, to, to possess firearms afterward, convicted felons. What about if you are a irresponsible gun owner? that has your vehicle broken into and your gun stolen, should you lose the right to have a firearm at that point? I'm just asking the question. I'm not saying that's a <clears throat> a justified consequence for being so irresponsible that your gun is stolen from a parked car. 
but it might be might make gun owners more responsible. We can't even force people to have safe storage requirements in their home so that their kids don't get guns. So good luck with that. Well, uh, you know, we have to find some kind of solution. As the story mentioned, as the detective or the officer in the story mentioned, you know, most of these car prowls, we don't know, but there's a good chance that this is how guns ends up in the hands of juveniles. From, I guess, statistically, the officer was implying, that's what I drew from it, that most car prowls are done by juveniles. That seems like a, a stupid kid crime to do, right? Go car prowling, break windows, go through cars, and then... 202 times last year, guns were stolen from parked cars. Quite a few juveniles may have ended up with handguns. And most often it's used in violence against other juveniles. We hear stories all the time about school shootings, about gang-related shootings, drive-by shootings. Where did the guns come from? Where did the guns come from? Well, they came from responsible gun owners who were irresponsible. Legal gun owners, I should say. They were irresponsible with their firearms and left them in locked cars to be car prowled and stolen. I mean, I'm just I'm just following the statistics of the story here. Uh, a texter says, how many police reports are legitimate or just reporting to push an agenda? You really think that you're going to falsify a police report to push an agenda? Seriously, that's some really I, 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 are you just asking the question? Or do you really think police reports are illegitimate to push an agenda? Wow, talk about jaded. Talk about the the cynicism. (sighs) I think if you are a gun owner, it behooves you to be a responsible gun owner. I think most gun owners would agree with that. Until you try to write into law that they have to be responsible, then they get very mad. You know, Lisa was reporting tonight that uh, in Olympia, they're talking about Requiring gun safety training for folks who want to own a firearm, illegally own a firearm in the state. Maybe a, maybe a waiting period in acquiring a firearm isn't such a bad idea. There was a, a, a story where, with the woman whose husband, in a fit of mental instability, went and bought a gun and took his own life. I'm not saying a three-day per- waiting period would have saved that life, but... Might have. You know, all I'm asking for is accountability and responsibility. When we've already got restrictions on the Second Amendment, there are guns we aren't allowed to own, military-grade weaponry, howitzers, tanks. There are already restrictions on the ability to possess a firearm if you've broken the law, if you've been convicted of a felony. There are situations where it's Against the law for you to have a gun. I think, I understand, Texter, I understand that the car prowler is the criminal. I'm not saying anything differently than that. But what I'm saying is the law-abiding gun owner whose car is broken into and the gun is stolen, that's an irresponsible law-abiding gun owner. He may be following the law. Maybe that's what needs to change. Maybe storing an an unloaded weapon out of sight in a car shouldn't be legal. Maybe the law should require safer storage of a weapon if all you got to do is break a car window to steal a weapon. 
maybe that's maybe that's where the weak link in the system is, is that the law is not strict enough. If you're going to have a gun in a car, it should be in a, in a, a, a safe, a gun safe in your car. At least when, you know, at least when you're storing it in the car and going into a building where that gun's not allowed to be taken with you. If you feel so strong about the need to carry a firearm everywhere you go, and again, that's your right to do so. I'm not passing judgment on that. It might be easy to do. I'm not passing judgment on that. If you're going to store it in a if you're going to store it in your car, it should be safely stored in your car, not just a piece of glass between a criminal and your gun. Especially if you drive a Kia. Someone says, Spike, what is your definition of responsible? Well, I think making your gun harder to get to than uh, you know a brick through a window. I think that's responsible when it comes to gun ownership. I think being trained on how to safely operate a gun is responsible. That's my definition of responsible. Why don't you throw criminals in jail so they can't steal cars or guns? I think they do. People with this perception that criminals are just allowed to walk free, that's not the case. Are there problems with the legal system? Absolutely. Do we make it harder for cops than we have to? Absolutely. Just saying, when you have a gun stolen from a parked car every 48 hours in Tacoma... Maybe it's time to look at how legal it is to just throw your gun under your car seat and lock the door behind you. And for the love of God, unload your gun and check it in the baggage in the hard case. Don't carry it onto the plane. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't understand behind that story. People forget that it's illegal to bring a gun onto a plane? You just forget? Well, I checked the list there. I don't have any gas. I don't have any fireworks. But I got a gun in my carry-on. Oh, well. It's Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. We'll be right back after this. Encyclopedia, my friend. So there was announced that they're not going to be opening the uh, the sexual predator treatment center up near is it Tenino? That's good. They're going to wait, and make sure that they get all their ducks in a row before that neighborhood is home to those folks and uh, people who are recovering from criminal behavior, they deserve a place to recover. You want to make sure that that location for a, you know, sexual assault, criminal recoveries, halfway house type joint 
is vetted to the extent it needs to be vetted. The community is informed ahead of time to the extent it deserves to be informed ahead of time. And that all precautions are taken, that uh, it isn't in a place that's going to be where where at risk populations would be subjected to unreasonable risk. It's like the opioid treatment center they're opening up in Linwood. That's going to happen despite the objections. That's cool. The community needs it. The same facility was operating, I think it was down in, was it Bothell or, or Auburn? And relocating up to the Limwood area. The same company is running the facility and it's moving up to the Limwood area. And there haven't been incidents, incidents, incidents excuse me. <laughs> there haven't been incidents in its previous location. So the problem with the Linwood Opioid Treatment Center, as I understand it, the problem wasn't that it's next to a Boys and Girls Club, it's next to a Little League Baseball Diamond. Literally, a kid could hit the, hit the treatment center from second base with a good arm. That's how close it is to the Baseball Diamond, literally. The problem is that the, the community wasn't made aware of till after the fact. The lease was already signed. The permits were issued. It was a done deal. And then the community found out what was coming into their, their neighborhood. The, the co-tenants of the building that they're renting the space in, the co-tenants of that building were informed that a lease had just been signed with an opioid treatment clinic to bring recovering addicts into the building where they do business. That kind of not letting the community know what's at stake, what's proposed, what you're considering ahead of time. That was the problem in this case. And I hope that, given that there's so much public outcry about the process, that A, they will guarantee that it is safe, that security measures will be enforced. There was some issue because it was on the line between Snohomish County and the city of Linwood, and some question as to who would be providing the necessary responses to any, any incidents that may arise. If you see unsavory types lurking about, you know, oftentimes with recovery centers, what you have are drug dealers trying to lure recovering people back into addiction. It's a target-rich environment. I mean, you've got recovering addicts there. You've got junk to sell, right? I mean, it makes sense that that's where you would try to do business. That it makes sense to have more patrols there, or private that's, security. That's Yeah, exactly. And that was the thing. They weren't sure, is it going to be Linwood police responsible for making sure that there aren't unsavory Klingons hanging around the facility? Or is that going to be Snohomish County's police department? Klingons? Klingons. And I don't mean to dismirch the Klingon race. Klingons are people who just kind of cling on to the, you know, that's what I meant by Klingons. Sorry. <laughs> you really took offense to Klingons, dude. Uh, I was more intrigued. <laughs> okay. Klingon sightings in Linwood. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, yeah. Anybody who kind of hangs on where, you know, just to try to be a part of something they're not a part of, to me, that's a Klingon. Part of my vernacular along with clam dip. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope that given the public outcry of the way this particular drug treatment center, opioid treatment center, landed in Linwood's lap and the uh, the lack of consideration and inclusion for the community that it was going to become a part of, that that will never be the case again in the future. That if at least if the city of Linwood hasn't learned the lesson, the Arcadia Healthcare Group, 
who has the clinic, they'll make sure that that happens so they don't I – because mean, they look terrible in all this. You know, They're the ones that look, look bad about it. They're going to plop a drug treatment center right down the middle of our neighborhood so close to so many – so a place where so many youth are always around – Let's just hope that, the, you know, the Boys and Girls Club and the ball fields will get the adequate protection that they need, you know, between, you know, adequate on-site staff, security cameras, increased police presence, all the things that Linwood wants to make sure are going to be a part of this clinic and its inclusion in their community. And then moving forward, these kind of things are taken into consideration before the decision is made to drop a opioid treatment center in your neighborhood. And I, you know, I still kind of get over the fact that it's not near any kind of public transportation either. You know, it's not it's not anywhere near a, a bus route. I mean, it's on a major thoroughfare. It's on 196 in Limwood. That's a major roadway, but it's not like a bus runs out there. It doesn't. It's a pretty good healthy hike from the nearest bus line. You don't want to make it harder for people to get treatment. You know, you want to make it as it, you know, honestly make it you make it as easy as possible for people to get treatment, right? That's what you ought to do. Uh, there, there is support among the neighborhood for this clinic. In the aftermath of how it came to be, and while there have been protests about its existence, a good sign is, you know, flyers have been put up outside the building expressing support for the clinic. There it says, like, you know, those in recovery don't deserve to feel like monsters. And they're right, man. One, one neighbor said, you know, I understand the parents' worry, but I also understand the need for a place like this, for access for people to receive care. And that was a mom who with a young kid who lives really close. Her name is Lisa Greger. She went on record with our own Sam Campbell. Oh, but, you know, the city council wasn't aware that it was going in. Mayor wasn't aware that it was going in. Until it was a done deal. After the fact, lease was signed. It was coming. Too late to stop it. There's a catch-22, though, because if you alarm everybody, these things aren't going to be allowed anywhere because everybody's going to protest it. Probably. Quite possibly that will keep it from some places where it might be needed. But I think I think the extra vetting's worthy. Is worth worthwhile. You know, it's deserved. It's justified. Well, to be licensed, though, they would have to vet the provider. The problem yeah, yeah, is not yeah. the provider's no. reputation. It's no. the location. Right. So when you send off the notification, everybody starts boycotting and picketing. Well, you know, I, well, that's a great point. Is, is it enough to have objection to keep it from going somewhere? It may stop it from certain locations. You're right. But there are locations that people are going to be unhappy about. But if you vet them, if you have a proper security, proper you know, police enforcement, reinforcement around, then a protest isn't going to be enough to stop it from going everywhere. It will still land someplace. it got to be someplace. But I will bet you this. I will bet you that if this does not turn out to be the disaster they predicted, you will not get an apology from the people who were negative about it. Oh, you mean the folks who were worried? Right. They won't come back and say, well, we're sorry we were wrong. No, no, no. Of course they won't. Nobody does that. That's never the case. They just forget. They just hope you forget what a stink they made. But we won't let you forget. <laughs> and, you know, and Spike, as I pointed out in one of those photographs, what was at the bottom of some of the protesters' signs in Linwood? 
Do you remember? Oh, uh, it was a it was a political. Th- wasn't it? What was it? Yeah, some of those signs were paid for by the Washington GOP. Oh, interesting. No kidding. Interesting. Just a little something I noted. Why do drug? Yep, there's a here's a story on mynorthwest.com and right on the sign. Why do drug users have more rights? Paid for by the King County GOP. Oh, my apologies, no, no, King County. No, I hear, but- I hear, no, I hear you. I hear you. But yeah. Why? Really? That That is... Does that not suggest a little something more at play here? Yeah. The whole victim, you know, victimhood. They love that victimhood. Anyway, it's opening. It's open. And I'm glad this I'm glad the community has the resources they need to help those who need that help. Mm. Kyra Knights with Spike O'Neill and Matt Butler. We appreciate you being a part of the show tonight. We will be right back after these. Cairo Nights, Roxy Music. Yeah, nice. <sighs> a lot of good textures on this topic, too, about the Drug Treatment Center. Matt, you made a really good point, too. Um, where was this one? Let me find this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, boom, boom, boom. It's not the ones who are going to treatment that are the problem. It's the ones that aren't seeking treatment. You, I know was, you were in exchange with a texture on that one. That's that's a good point. And And... Another texter brought up that same point that it's it's not the ones going to treatment. The ones who aren't going to treatment are People causing showing all the problems. up at this thing are not the ones looking to yeah, get high. Yeah. And the fact that there's a treatment center is probably going to keep less of those still seeking to get high from coming in that neighborhood. Maybe putting a drug treatment center in your neighborhood is kind of like kind of like rat poison. Keeps the druggies out. Right. I'd like to think so. Mm. And we mentioned that uh, sex offenders halfway house in Tenino. A text to point out that a sheriff, as uh, it Snaza, is that really the correct sheriff's name? I'm, I'm not really versed in the story's details, but the sheriff didn't notify anyone in the area that the sex offender treatment recovery center was or, or halfway house was coming to Tenino, and that's been put on hold. That's, I'm glad to hear that. I was glad to hear that news. Oof. Lots of folks about the you know the car prowling and the guns. A lot of a lot of feedback on that from our audience. A lot of feedback on the Linwood Treatment Center. We appreciate when you guys take part in the show. We really do. And we don't always agree on stuff. We shouldn't always agree on stuff. It's good to have differing points of view. All kinds of topics are worth we you know, worth discussing. Yeah, the story of the uh, the house the the plan to house sex offenders in Tenino. That story's on mynorthwest.com. dot com. You can get all this all the details of it there. Mm. How about that dog daycare up on Lake City Way and one thirtieth? Overnight, they had a fire at a dog. Lisa had that in the news just now. Doggy daycare is a huge, huge business, and I was I was amazed to hear in the story. And there's a story on this on mynorthwest.com as well. I think over a hundred dogs were rescued from the fire. That's incredible. That's a big business. 
One of the reasons that dog daycare is such a, a, a booming business is because when we were all working from home, we were all out of work or, you know, working from home if we were lucky to. During the pandemic, pet adoptions went through the roof. Everybody realized that, you know, being stuck at home is a lot better when you've got a, a, a fur baby at home, a little a pet at home. And then when we had to go back to work, the need for doggy daycare erupts. Huge, huge uptick in dog daycare. And it's it's better than leaving your dog. You know, it's it's a bad idea if you've got a pet who you've been home with 24-7 for the last couple of years. And then you have to go back to work because Starbucks insists that their employees go back to work or wherever it might be. Everybody's kind of going back to work. Offices are opened up again. A lot of people have hybrid jobs. But even then, leaving a, leaving a pet home alone when they're used to having you 24-7, that can be, that can be a lot for a pet to take. It's, it's traumatic for a pet. So doggy daycare is good. You know, it's better than giving that pet up. A lot of a lot of pet shelters, when the pandemic ended and restrictions were lifted, a lot of pet shelters were just uh, inundated with people giving up their pets because they weren't going to be able to stay home with them all the time. They didn't have the means to. But doggy daycare be, can be expensive. They didn't have the means. Sometimes that's a tough call to make, and it's a terrible situation. You know, if you're going to bring a pet into your life and your family, make sure that you've got the means to to give that pet the life it deserves. Pets bring so much to our lives. You know, we've got a pup at home, man, and I tell you, we, we, we had a dog pass away unexpectedly from cancer about two and a half years ago, and we were gutted as a family, just gutted. Amazing what a pet can do for your family. And I, I guess the great news about the fire at the dog daycare facility is no dogs were, were, no dogs were lost. Three dogs suffered smoke inhalation, and they were treated. And I'm really glad to hear that. Mm. You know, it's a great job, dog walker. People in New York who walk dogs in New York, they walk six, eight, ten dogs at a clip. People can make six-figure incomes walking dogs in New York. Yeah. We got a neighbor. We got got a a nine-month-old puppy at home who's just a ball of energy. And I can never walk her enough. So we hired the teenager across the street, 14-year-old kid, come over and take her for a run every day. Kids on the track team. He runs this dog every day. It's awesome. <laughs> anyway, I just saw the story on MyNorthwest.com about the dog daycare center and that no dogs were lost in the fire. So good job. Good job on the Seattle Fire Department. I guess that's the Lake City Fire Department, Lake City Way Northeast. Good job. I'm Spike O'Neill. That's Matt Butler. Right back after these. Hope you'll join us.